Maddie James, Chloe Cleves, Pollyanna Reed, Jessica Chinyelu, Lorraine Dowdy, Alia O'Neill, Charlene McCraney, Zaylee Barkley. Welcome to She's Off Script. Hi, Offscripters. It's your host, Sewa Ajay Pele, and welcome to episode 100 of the She's Off Script podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. The numbers don't lie. Today, we're hearing from some of your favorite boss women. These are the episodes that you all can't stop talking about. I'm taking us on a stroll down off script lane and pulling out some of the most commented on gems that our guests have dropped on the show. If you're new to the She's Off Script podcast, these episodes are a great place to start. If you're one of the show's day ones, it never hurts to hear these gems again. Before we hear the rest of this episode, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes, especially for our 100th episode. I would love to hear what your favorite episodes have been so far and why. With that, let's dive right in for our trip down off script lane. First up is Maddie James. Maddie joined us for episode 37. At what point would it be okay to start pitching brands? I think once you have something valuable to offer and you're clear on what that value is, I think a lot of people aren't clear on their value. Like, and I'm talking about someone who has like a thousand followers and even some people who have 50,000 followers. If you're not clear on the value, then you don't, you don't have anything to pitch at this point. Pitching is about positioning. It's not about quantity of following. You know, there's so many people out there who have, there's so many small micro influencers who know how to pitch because they're very clear on what their value is. They know what makes them useful to a brand and they lead with that. And until you really understand um, not only value, because I think a lot of people are like, this is what I want. I know I want to make this much, this much, and this much. And it's like, okay, well, aside from money, what other value are you looking for as a content creator and an entrepreneur? And then secondly, and, and really this is more primarily, I think this is what should be led with. And I think this is where a lot of people get in trouble. What is the value you are offering to this specific brand and this specific instance, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's not, it's, it's most of the time not following, right? I think people are looking at things at engagement and conversion before they're even looking at your following, right? Because if you have 50,000 followers and you're converting at 0.02%, then it really doesn't matter. You know, I would rather take my chances on somebody who has 5,000 followers and consistently converts at three to 5% every time. One of my favorite things about Maddie James is that she knows her value and also knows how to communicate it extremely well. So my takeaway here was to get clear on my value first before other people will see that value in me. Next up from episode 41 is Chloe Cleves. As a branding expert, she knows how to help brands stand out. So let's hear what she had to say on that topic. First thing is consistency. So the way I look, because I'm a visual brand person, I definitely look at your visuals first. Like if I go to your page, I call it the first 15 is my rule of thumb. Because you can see about 15 squares before you even scroll. Like as soon as you go to someone's profile, you can see that. So I'm looking at those 15 squares. I'm like, okay, are these 15 cohesive? Um, What are they telling me? I'm looking at the bio. I'm like, it says they're a store. I see a lot of quotes. Like, what are what are we selling here? So first, I see that you're not really paying attention to the content you're posting. When I say consistent, I'm not necessarily meaning oh she hasn't posted since you know in a couple of days. I'm more so seeing is your content the same? People think consistency means oh I got to post ten times a day. For me, consistency is are you posting content of the same value 
each and every time. Like, even mm-hmm. if it's a, even if you're posting a quote next to a picture you did at a photo shoot, is this quote something that, you know, deep, is it something that's going to resonate with me? Is it something that's teaching me something? Because on the last picture, you was just telling me about how poetry does this, this, this. And now you're telling me go twerk time. Like, that alone, that's two different things. And so I Mm. think a lot of people too are having the struggle right now. I get this question a lot about their personal versus their business pages. So I think some people Mm. have one page or they get confused and they want to keep, they want to post everything. Then I don't know if they don't want to switch to the other page. I don't know what the issue is, but I see a lot of personal mixed with business. So it kind of makes me be like, I don't need to see everything you ate when you went to Applebee's, you know, like I don't, Mm -hmm. like I don't need like, what are we doing? So for me, I look at the visuals before I even click to read. If your visuals don't match up, like if I see, okay, here, this, you was telling your friend, happy birthday. Here, you're selling me a dress. Here, now you're telling me you're going to be selling hair soon. Here, you're telling me like, okay, it's Monday. So first of the month post, you know, yesterday you expected all the first of the month posts from everybody. I even look mm-hmm. at that. Is your first of the month post, is it something you created for your brand on your own media card? Is it one you screenshot it? You didn't even crop the screenshot stuff from around it. Like, is it something that goes along what you're doing? If your page is mostly about natural and being green and all of that, are you, did you post the July picture that is kind of like maybe it's in a garland and things of that nature? Like I just kind of break it down. And then if your page catches my eye, I will click to read what you're talking about. So the first thing I think people just really need to pay attention to that content because people will scroll maybe two times before they already know they want to click off your profile or press follow. Um, or at mm-hmm. least, or at least turn on notifications because you can still turn on notifications without following a person. So right. the key is to create content that people want to come back to. And that's why I think a lot of people are messing up. They're just kind of posting for now versus posting as something that is kind of timeless in a way that people can keep referring back to your page, keep coming mm-hmm. back. Like that's why a lot of these businesses, they post the same thing different ways because somebody's going to save it. And people do go to their save and they will come back to that. And then if they're, they might be trying to buy from you and it's not payday, but they saved it. Mm-hmm. So they're going to come back and buy it. But if you're just posting it any kind of way, they don't even know that this dress is actually bomb. Like they don't, they can't see that. So I think that's mm-hmm. where a lot of people are messing up. They're just kind of posting because they know they need to post, but they're not posting right. because they know the purpose. Now, my takeaway from Chloe was to post with purpose in order to attract the right people. Next up from episode 27 is Lorraine Dowdy. Lorraine taught me that sometimes when you get a no to something you thought was a dream, it's probably just a blessing that's forcing you to level up. Do you know how many emails and that I receive that say, you know, I can tell that colored rain cares because the way you guys bubble wrap my eyeshadow palette to try to eliminate damage right. with all of our product, powder product. Because who wants to just throw something in a box and then your hair is shaking out like, you know, come on, come on. So things like that, that was number one for me. Mm-hmm. How we presented the product, the items to our customer. If yours is great, I'm going to try to be the best. Mm-hmm. Better quality, 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 quality. I always say it's not about quantity, it's about quality. I say that to this day. And this is why a lot of my customers will say to you now, Colorine is very slept on. And I don't know why when they have the best quality, people always talk about the especially with our eyeshadows. You can tell when it's about a cash grab Mm -hmm. and you can tell when it's more about passion. Mm -hmm. You can tell when it's pandering. You can tell when it's passion. Mm -hmm. You can tell when it's from the heart or not. So I'm just happy that 
the consumers are starting to really pay attention more and notice these things. I've been blessed enough to where a lot of major retailers and opportunities, they've presented themselves to me. Mm. Uh, that's a blessing because let me tell you, I remember when I first started out, when I first started the brand, um, I reached out to a lot of larger retailers mm -hmm. and I'm grateful for the no's that I've received. Here's why. I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. I was not ready. And I'm still learning to this day. Could you imagine Sephora reaching out to Colored Rain Cosmetics as an indie brand maybe three, four years back? Mm -hmm. And us not having the same platform that we do, we do now, just not being prepared, how quickly we would have gotten booted out of the store. Right. All disappointments are a blessing. Mm -hmm. Because if Sephora or Ulta had said, okay, yes, we want you on our shelves, and I did a crappy job, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be here now. So I'm grateful for the no's that I've been faced with and given mm -hmm. um, because it helps me to and my team become a bigger and, and, and stronger brand. In episode 59, we met Pollyanna Reed. I love how unapologetically she goes after what she wants. Most of us probably have similar work ethic and drive, but what drew me to Pollyanna is that she does not shy away from talking about her goals and letting people know that she is coming after what she wants. So here's an example of how she does that. I just didn't care. Like, I literally didn't care. Like, I had my functioning website, my Instagram was popping. Like, I had, I was still, I was going into meeting rooms and taking my own business calls, my own client calls in meeting rooms. <laughs> my boss would pull up and be like, What are you doing? And, like, I will say this I have been so fortunate to enter interviews at these establishments and I was transparent from the jump. I mean, honestly, in the last decade with Google, like they can look you up anyway. So they're about to find out. And I did, I think people need to reevaluate why they're working where they're working. Because for me, it wasn't, so I think a lot of people chase the money. Like I want to work here because it pays me the most. Where for me, it was, I was more concerned about, can I be transparent are my bosses going to be mentors? Are they going to teach me things about business? Um, I was concerned about the company culture. I was concerned about, you know, is it like a open office environment, which a lot of like uh, new age, modern office spaces are, or can I work quietly in the corner of the office in a cubicle and run my own company? Is anyone going to be looking at my computer screen? You know, like priority of mine was that my bosses were acting as mentors to me. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to be in a learning environment. That was more because I knew that if I could obtain all of this knowledge, I was going to eventually make the money that I wanted anyways. Right? So like short-term sacrifice for a long-term gain. Mm -hmm. What does transparency look like then? You said, yeah, they can Google me anywhere. So what is that conversation like? I'm coming in to work for you, yet I have all these side hustles going. How do you navigate that conversation? Transparency looks like, listen, I'm a valuable asset and you would be dumb not to, not to hire me because I bring so much more than the average employee to the table that like, I have a network that you, don't have, that you currently don't have access to. I have skills that can help in other areas of the department. Right, I'm very articulate. You know what I mean? I come with the heat. I come with the energy. And so like... A lot of them, you know, they would find it funny and we'd have that rapport. And like, I just came across with confidence in any organization that did not value the fact that I had side hustles. I don't want to work for you anyways. Mm -hmm. Again, it's about what is your value system? What are you fighting for? What are you standing on? For me, it's like you 
you are not going to pay me what I'm actually worth. You pay me what you can afford. So you cannot tell me that I can't have any outside income, right? That's the thing. When you look at that dollar amount on your corporate contract, that is what they can afford. It doesn't amount to anyone's true value. If you really think about it, right? And like corporate jobs, like they determine your salary. They don't determine your whole income. So I used to tell my boss all the time, like, you know, and the thing is my last job, I was there for four years. I had already came, I came in at my financial cap, at my salary cap. So like, where was... So yeah, you have to like you have to allow me to make additional income because I've already hit my ceiling. Like, what? How are you going to justify it? How are you going to justify me not? I think it's just really important to just look at other factors. Another thing that I was very uh, lucky to have, fortunate to have, was my job had unlimited vacation. Some companies do that because they're trying to retain millennial employees, mm-hmm. right? So as long as your manager approved, you were allowed to take as many as much time off as long as you were still plugged in, obviously, mm-hmm. and you got your work done. So I looked for other factors beyond money. And I think that's why the year I ended up the year prior to so I I left January 2019. So 2018, the income that I had, I already built a six-figure business of my own before I quit. In episode 66, we met Alia O'Neill. What many of you loved about her was how clearly she outlined the product creation process. We actually recorded this episode with a live virtual audience. So many of you got to ask her your questions live. It's really you have to just start with what your biggest hurdle is and trust yourself that you'll be able to either research, figure it out, or find a resource that's going to be able to get you the rest of the way, right? So this is what we call our product launch cycle. This is what we actually do within the business, behind the scenes. Um, I'm giving it to you guys here because I know that resources on product development can be a little overwhelming. So we try to simplify it as much as possible, right? So brand strategy, um, I'll walk through what's included in this, but this is where we start with everybody. There's a lot more to building products than just building the actual thing that is going to be sold. There's a lot more to actually launching products. And we start with brand strategy. After brand strategy, we move into the actual product and packaging development. After that, we go into positioning. And there's a reason why you know, we kind of do it in a certain order, which I'll we'll walk through with you guys as well. And then lastly, we'll go through logistics and fulfillment. And logistics and fulfillment is really the, the number one thing that I see people skip out on thinking about. Because um, they're so excited to build the thing and just to be done with it that they forget that ultimately you're building a business and the business you're building is going to need management and long-term support. So we'll definitely walk through some of those areas as well. So brand strategy, this is where we start. Um, and there's three main questions that you ask yourself. So in each of these questions, I'll kind of give you a, a good, medium, and worst scenario. And you can kind of just like write down on your scratch piece of paper when you get a chance. Just kind of grade yourself in like a green to red and see where you kind of line up. So what we'll do is um, for validation, we walk through a process called launch it or leave it. So this is a four-week long process that we do over the product place. But for you guys, the main thing that I want you to take away is do you know exactly what you're going to make? Question number one. And are you confident that that thing is going to sell to the audience you already have? So often I see people kind of trying to build a product for an audience that they don't have access to, that they don't understand. That would be an additional challenge for them to get in front of. 
So we like to start with power product with an audience that you already are speaking to, even if it's in a very small way. Let's start validating product ideas in that space. And then competitive analysis. This is something else that you know so often gets ignored, but it's such an important part of brand strategy. So for competitive analysis, you know, you can really think through, do you know who you're going to be competing against? So not just do you know who the huge players are. If you want to be in athleisure, not just, yeah, we're going to compete against Adidas. We're going to compete against Fenty because ultimately you're not going to compete against them on day one. So it's important to know who are the players that are super aligned to your product and where it's going to be on day one of your launch, not day 365. In episode 71, Kiana McGee's personal experience with losing a business really drove home the importance of having a trademark. Before I went to law school, I used to have a Christian t-shirt company called Daughter of the King, and it really took off. We had so many different t-shirts, and we ended up selling over $100,000 worth of shirts in 18 months. And it was like crazy. I had no intention on actually starting a t-shirt company, and then it just snowballed into this company. And so by the time I, you know, was sitting there realizing like, oh, okay, I think we're really onto something. We should probably like try to trademark this. I went and contacted an attorney and went to trademarking and lo and behold, it was already trademarked. And I'm like, oh my God, like what's happening? And so I knew at that moment, the demise of this company was on, on the horizon. Like it was a wrap. I needed to just go ahead and shut this down because at this point you're tiptoeing around something that you'll never own. You're building something that's never going to really be yours. And somebody can come in and take this all away from you at any point. So you might as well bow out gracefully now and just, you know, chalk it up as a loss. And that's exactly what we had to do. So um, it was a lesson for me, you know, having to have gone through that myself. So where by the time I finished law school, I'm like, you know what? I love entrepreneurship after, you know, that whole experience. Um, I still had a, you know, a fun niche for that. And I'm like, I'm going to make sure that this does not happen to other entrepreneurs and that we know this from the jump. I know it sounds fun to start a business get out there and brand, put your website out there. But if you do not own your brand, baby girl, it is a risk. You know what I mean? And so I just needed to push that message as much as possible so that people do not end up, you know, with a six figure business, but it's snatched away from them as well. So, so if I were, um, someone who was not, you know, an attorney and wanted to trademark my application, I would go no higher than maybe tops of $1,500. And you can make sure that that attorney has experience, that they're going to cover everything that you want them to cover, that you guys, you know, relate and that you can, you know, see yourself working with them. If all of those boxes are checked, then I will go with that. If someone that's, you know, above that price range, but you still have that same connection with them, then they might be worth, you know, paying. But I would definitely call around and see, you know, what, what your experiences are with those different attorneys before just locking in on one person and thinking that this $3,200 price is how much it costs. It's not. You can get a range of answers depending on experience and, you know, depending on all of those different things. So call around, definitely call around, but set what you want the budget to be or hope for and see how close to that you can get depending on, like I said, experience. In our entrepreneurial space, we often hear so much about the hustle. What I love about the next two ladies is how they hustle with purpose and probably hustle in a slightly different way from what we typically hear. In episode 69, Jessica Chinulu shared how taking time away to rest actually grew her business. 
when I wrote down on my whiteboard things that I loved and different ways to monetize through speaking engagements, through influencer work, those opportunities just started coming to me. So I I took a, I probably took like maybe six months away from social media. I would barely post, but yet behind the scenes, I was still making money. So my course, for example, um, it was in beta. I never posted about it on social media. It was just through a speaking engagement. And so I think that God was really trying to show me that you don't have to, I think sometimes people get caught up in social media. I think sometimes Mm -hmm. people get caught up in, and I have to consistently post in order to remain relevant. And I think there's some truth to that, but I also think that it's all about the quality in which you are putting out there. And it's all about the impact in which you are making. And if people really understand your value and your work and what you've done for their lives, over the times that you, that when you do post and when you do put messages out there, mm-hmm. they're going to stay on the journey with you, whether or not you're posting every single day or once a year, because that once a year, when you do communicate with them, they know that, oh, she blessed me or, oh my God, mm-hmm. she touched me or, oh my God, what she said just made such a huge difference in my strategy or my growth or whatever it is that you're working on. And so I think the six months that I was away from social media, it built me like it really poured into me. It helped me to really gain clarity on what it is that I'm truly supposed to be doing to make the most infinite impact possible. And I can honestly see the results of that. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, when people ask me about, you know, taking time off and what that looked like for me, it, it helped me to get my business in order. It helped me to become a truly profitable brand. I mean, things that I'd been trying to do for two or three years, I was able to do that within a matter of months just from simply taking time away. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a believer. And if you need to take time away, step away. I needed that. I honestly, truly needed it. And people still ask me about Moment of Purpose. And I'm like, sure they do. Because it was such an impactful conference. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, when it comes back, it'll come back. Trust me. I'll let you know. I mean, it's not going away. It's just I know what I'm focused on right now. And everything that I'm focused on right now is just helping Woman of Purpose to become even bigger and greater than what it was before. In episode 65, we heard from the queen of SEO herself, Charlene McCraney. For her, refocusing her hustle is actually what led to her having a greater impact. It's so easy to get caught up in like being this big influencer, right? And working with these brands and landing these brand deals. And honestly, I got caught up in that. And I just, I really started to focus so much on my followers. Like it was kind of unhealthy, you know, like, oh, I got to have this many followers. I got to do this. I got to have this engagement and the algorithm and just like all of the crap. So I'm spinning my wheels trying to figure out how am I going to become this big time influencer, right? How am I going to get to work with these brands and, you know, go on these press trips and all of this stuff like that. And then one day I really sat back and I said, okay, well, you know, let me look at my analytics some more. And I realized that I was reaching two to three times more people just through my page views and my blog than my Instagram could ever reach. And then I realized that Instagram was the lowest traffic referrer to my blog, Mm. but I was spending the majority of my time focused on Instagram and trying to grow followers. Like you see what a justice position that is. Like I'm spending all my time on Instagram 
trying to get likes and followers and posting these pretty photos. Like I'm thinking that I need to have photo shoots and I need to do this and I need to do that to be this blogger. But I'm like, girl, look at your analytics. Like you're getting less than 1% of traffic is coming from Instagram. Like your traffic is coming from organic search results because your SEO is bomb and it's coming from Pinterest and it's coming from like Facebook and, you know, like just direct traffic is coming from your email list. So once that light bulb went off for me, I was like, okay, I'm going to see how I can like try to make some passive ad revenue. So in 2018, I joined with an ad revenue um, management agency called Mediavine. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really started to make money from my blog because I then realized that my value is in my content and the people who the page views. It's not in, you know, trying to get these brand deals where, where I was getting some brand deals, but they're kind of like, you know, hit or miss. Mm-hmm. But when I joined with the ad, um, agency i'm getting on average like six hundred dollars a month and just like passive ad revenue last but not least we have a reminder from episode 78's zaylee barkley to just show up no matter where we are or how we look you know what i i even for me i had to like pull my step myself back a few steps as a coach um if you look at my instagram profile it's kind of like my journal my my whole life is on instagram but i remember being on instagram and never showing up without makeup and then when i started coaching i realized that i'm making my people insecure i'm i'm showing them or giving them the wrong message you can show up without all of the glam and still get your message across, right? So I started showing myself without it. And this was for my students. So I started putting myself out there to show them, hey, like that was so hard, but it was so worth it. So just showing them that, hey, you can do this too. You know, it's not about how you look. And so the the shift in that is realizing your purpose. There's this thing that comes to you all the time. First of all, you know, you should be on camera, girl. You hear this all the time. You're telling yourself this all the time. You're having this inner conversation. So it's time to do it. But what you need to do is write down your purpose. And when I talk about your purpose, most of us, our purpose is connected to some kind of thing that we have, right? something that we've kind of gone through and we feel like I figured this out. I've lost 10 pounds. I can help someone, someone else do it. Or, you know, and I love this. And so write down your purpose because what you're doing is when you look back in the next five years there, you could have helped hundreds of people, but you stopped because you are thinking about yourself and your ego. Right. Preach a little bit. Wow. <laughs> so I like to say, figure out your purpose, that thing you love, that thing you can't forget about, the thing that keeps nagging you in your soul. Like for me, helping women get confident on camera is one of the things that just lights me up. And every time I see someone jump off, I don't want to say a building, but that building and fly on camera, it just makes me so happy because I know I'm helping them create opportunities, create income. Like it's a whole other thing. And then they get excited and want to do more. And so that's the way that I look at it because I'm giving someone else abundance whenever I get on camera. So what abundance can you contribute to someone else when you get on? I hope you all enjoyed this walk down off script lane. You know, every time I listen to these episodes, I learn something new. So this is just a reminder that there are always nuggets of value to be gained from lessons we think we've already learned. 
All right, with that, I'll see you on our Thursday episode where we'll hear from another boss woman who has created her own unique blueprint for success. Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you enjoy listening to our show, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network. Between episodes, you can find me on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Offscript, or you can catch up on past episodes at She's Offscript.com. See you on the next one.